Welcome to the Wander Learn Show. I'm here with Elmer in San Francisco, and I'm house sitting, having a great time. And I'm going to introduce you to an episode with Johnny Ward, where we talk about international relations and what he learned from traveling all around the world, because he studied international economics, and then he's traveled around the world. What? How does uh, academic truth match with reality? But first, some bad news from Mount Everest. Four people have died. That is the bad news. Three of them were Sherpas who were setting up the lines on Mount Everest, right through the Kumbu Icefall. And Johnny was talking about how he had to basically look at the spot where they died and go up there and saw it twice, on the way up and once on the way down. The other tragedy, the fourth person who died was at Camp 2. And it's not clear the details. Apparently the person was resting, probably had some sort of edema, a cerebral edema, maybe pulmonary edema, it's not clear. but. Just sobering news. Fortunately, Johnny is fine. He finds it a bit harder than expected, which is slightly surprising, but maybe, uh, you know, it's just the altitude, the intensity of the whole thing is is uh, doing, but his spirits are high and he's, he's performing well, so there's no problem on that front. Now he's going to rest at base camp as we speak. It's May 2nd right now, and he will be there probably until about May 5th. It depends on the weather window. Once the weather window opens up that's nice and positive, then all of a sudden it's good news for him and he's going to be able to just get going and just start heading out to the top. One week it will take him to get to the top, stopping at base uh, camp one, two, three, four. Uh, the reason he doesn't have to go through the Kumbu Icefall, which is pretty smart, he only has to go through it four times, is that they acclimatize on a different mountain. A lot of people don't do that. They go through the Kumbu Icefall six, sometimes even eight times. And luckily, in his case, he's minimizing the risk because it's the Kumbu Icefall, even though it's at the bottom of the mountain, which is the most dangerous part, or at least the most random. Uh, it's like playing Russian roulette, as evidenced by the fact that three uh, Sherpas already died. That shows you um, how random it is. These guys are in great shape, but boom, doesn't matter how good of a shape you are in when a big block of ice falls on your head or you uh, fall through a crevasse and, and the ropes don't aren't able to hold you. So... That is the news from Mount Everest, and now I turned to Johnny Ward in my interview with him in Mauritania. Don't forget to subscribe and like this video and podcast. Share it with your friends. This is France Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn. Go to wanderandlearn.com. And now, Johnny Ward about international relations and how it helped him look at the world. Now, you studied in university um, international economics. I did. And... What did you learn in your travels about international economics that you did not learn in school? Ah, do you know, I find this really interesting. First of all, I discovered that unless your, your third level education is, is vocational, like you're learning, you're learning to be a dentist, so you need to learn about teeth, right? Or you're learning to be a vet, you need to learn about animals. You learn to plaster a wall, you need to, to learn how to be a builder. Mm -hmm. Unless your uh, degree is vocational, it's basically a waste of time um yes. it's just not like kind of empty knowledge from books like right so that's the first thing and then to twist the the question into something i'm more interested in in terms of international economics i think like so i've made quite a lot of money from my blogs and now i'm financially free and all this and um i find that the entrepreneurship stuff that i've learned from my travels is a lot more interesting than the actual international economics is i feel like when it comes to like geopolitics and international economics it's a tough old boys club to crack into it's just a lot of elite people 
mm-hmm. in every country in the world mm-hmm. t- t- taking more than the cream off the top and then we're fighting for scraps and I know that right but I'm not going to sit and be a victim about it so I just go and do my own thing and then when I'm traveling in, in countries that are less developed in Ireland or Europe even in Thailand where I'm based now is that like first of all you have to shut your mouth and, and hustle that's the first thing you need to do mm-hmm. and second of all like you need to not be fearful for, to start something every person that I meet in the developing world has always got an eye on, on doing something you know what I mean they're, they're planning to buy and sell this they're doing this and that whereas we're in the west so ingrained into this 9 to 5 system that we get we even from even from primary school and then high school and, and then university and then this whole graduate scheme concept and then you're back and you're fully in the office or even if it's remote 9 to 5 and we are so conditioned to that that we feel like the only way to be a success both financial success in terms of your bank account but also success in terms of um, going back to your parents and having a dinner party and then telling you that oh the son's a banker or my son's a dentist mm-hmm. um, we're so ingrained into that the only success that we believe stems from that whereas the success that the developing world tries to find is is on their own terms if they want to be wealthy they can hustle and be wealthy if they want to be a family person they can be a family person and I find that that's a huge difference mm. and I find that I've taken a lot of that and I try and we've got a lot of fear of failure whether it's a tied up with ego or anything whereas in, in the developing world they know that they're struggling there's no shame in that and they're trying their best to break out of that struggle and if they try and fail and try and fail eventually they might try and succeed and there's no ego in failing because it's so obvious that they're trying to break their own cycle it's cool so you've been to every African country what would you say about why Africa is economically by most measures and metrics behind these other countries that have you know their kind of nine to five ethos and that kind of stuff what 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 explains for that difference oh, uh, you need to be a lot more educated than me to answer that I did, <laughs> I did actually read a book about um, development historically over millennia that that suggested the reason that Africa as an entire sub-Saharan Africa as a, an entire continent has f- basically failed to develop is that their their climate and the livestock and the um, food that they can grow has limited their development so in yeah. Europe you're talking about Guns, Germs and Steel by Jared Diamond? Uh, maybe probably yeah. and it Euro- sounds like it yeah and in, in Europe we have been we were blessed with temperate seasons yeah. then, then it could allow us to harvest our food and right. then eventually we could go on to create third level education and, and then of course we develop whereas it, Africa the book struggling. starts off with Papua New Guinea yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. Guns, Germs and Steel by Jared Diamond mm. yeah I am familiar with that thesis and that ends this episode of the Wander Learn podcast where we explore travel technology and transformation if you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about, go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F Tapon. That's my first initial and my last name. F Tapon is always my social media username. My website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.